We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The Zone Coverage Podcast Network. feel like Kobe in the fourth quarter. This is still the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by ZoneCoverage.com and the Zone Coverage Podcast Network. I am recording this Thursday evening. That's March 12th. Um, if you're following your NBA time by Woj Bombs, that means I'm about 24 hours removed from the initial news of uh, Rudy Gobert's positive test for the coronavirus and then the subsequent news of an indefinite suspension of NBA play. Um, obviously, this will be a constantly um, developing story, but where I'm at as I sit down to record this is the latest bit of news is that the league is tentatively looking at a 30-day suspension of play, again, according to Woj. But I would assume um, you uh, know all of that, if I had to guess. Again, I assume the average listener of this podcast has been attentively tracking the turn-by-turn of the story's sort of you know development, um, so I'm not going to relitigate every detail. Um, I think you probably come to this podcast for a little bit deeper of a dive, I guess, into the minutiae of basketball news and how that connects to the Timberwolves. And that won't change um, with this episode or going forward. Um, today, I'll get into the ramifications as I as I currently understand them of a stoppage of play, um, the impact of lost revenue from games not being played um, on the salary cap and how an abbreviated schedule may impact uh, the, the NBA lottery. Obviously, both of those things are, are really important um, to the Timberwolves. But before I get into that, um, I think it's it's just worth noting that this is all just a bummer. Um, again, if you're someone who listens to this podcast, uh, basketball is probably pretty important to you. Um, it's a place I'd assume you go to for entertainment and you know maybe even a place you go to for solace. 
I was thinking back to when Britt and I recorded on Monday, which feels like about three months ago. Um, Britt referred to James Johnson as being a, quote, brilliant distraction for uh, this Timberwolves team, you know, in the midst of a pretty messy season that has obviously led to lots of losing. Um, I was thinking about that and just kind of how on a bigger scale, I think basketball, um, the NBA, it can be a, you know, a brilliant distraction for all of us. Um, you know, I guess for me, I feel like I have a pretty good life, you know, blessed with good people, um, blessed with a, a job I really enjoy doing. But, you know, as I'm sure is the case for all of you, not everything in my life is always, you know, peachy. Um, in those times, I'm, I'm thankful to have basketball, you know, to be able to go to Target Center, watch a watch a bad team, <laughs> play hoops and and write about it. It's it's enjoyable. And, and you, and for me, uh, many times it's a, it's a brilliant distraction, just the, the whole process of it. And, and that, that, that sucks to not have anymore. It sucks. Uh, it sucks that you, the fan don't have that either. Um, you know, I, I think we don't, we don't all always go to a game at Target Center or flip on Fox Sports North or turn on a podcast just to consume the basketball of it. Um, I think we go to these places as sort of an, an exhale from the rest of our lives. And then I think that can be healthy. I think it's healthy for me. So what it seems we control, can control, is continuing to, to latch on to some of that, the parts that are still there. And although um, this podcast is only a small part of that, um, I can continue doing this. I, I have remote podcasting equipment. I'm recording this from my home. So, so we, can keep, uh, we can keep this rolling. But um, in all seriousness, as I you know, move forward further and further from games, it's going to get tough um, to, to find things to discuss, and, and I'll need your help with that. So you can uh, appreciate it if you could uh, email me, dmore, at zonecoverage.com, or on Twitter, my DMs are open. Whatever you got, um, I guess I don't promise we'll get to it, but um, I'm, I'm here for it. I'll read it. Let's, uh, let's keep this going, even if that means breaking down 60 minutes of Aaron Gordon film or – or sifting through how weird salary cap minutia impacts the league, which speaking of is, is uh, that's, that's what we'll get into today. Um, I think that's to me um, the most relevant basketball angle of a story that is about a lot more. So um, let's dig into how this happens. John Hollinger and Danny LaRue at the athletic wrote a piece um, in the wake of the virus about the impact of, of lost revenue and you know how that can impact the salary cap. So I'm going to steal a few of their numbers um, that they gathered and try and connect those dots to the Wolves. I think the biggest thing we need to understand in relation to the salary cap is that it is basketball-related income that makes up the NBA salary cap. Um, th- that income is functionally split in half um, by the players and ownership. So the salary cap is the player side, um, and that is comprised of then half of basketball-related income divided by the 30 teams. Last season's BRI was $3.27 billion, so each team's salary cap number became $109.14 million for this season. Um, to understand uh, how that, that cap number will be impacted for next year, we have to understand how basketball-related income will be impacted this season. And there's a lot that goes into BRI, but three things I think to focus on are ticket sales, 
TV revenue and sponsorships. Uh, sponsorships, we saw the impact here earlier this season when China pulled out of about 200 million in sponsorships after Daryl Morey's tweet. Um, that, you know, through the wash, caused the league's cap projection for next season to drop by about 1 million um, from from 116 million per team to 115 million per team. Uh, TV revenue is is another major portion of revenue, but that is locked in. The contract is signed, so there will be no drop there. But side note, uh, if TV ratings were already a problem before, um, oof, this is uh, this this is going to be another wrinkle in making the next TV deal really interesting and really impactful um, on the, on the league as a whole and thus the you know, the salary cap. But ticket sales, that's that's um, that's the thing we can focus on here. It's going to be the most meaningful in the absence of games. Um, on average, each team in the league brings in about $2 million per game. Golden State is on the high end of that, bringing in about $3.5 million per game. Memphis and New Orleans, they're on the low end, about $1 million. Um, with each team having about nine home games left on their schedule in the aggregate, looking at a drop of about $500 million in revenue from the absence of this sort of final fifth of the season again if the if the, those games don't happen and that those that 500 million number is again according to john hollinger and danny the rue at the athletic um there are a lot of complicating factors in this to be negotiated between the player and ownership sides for more detail go read that article um by larue and hollinger that they lay it out in detail and writing is easier to kind of i think to to understand with that with this sort of minutiae but the loosely estimated number they came up with was an $8 million drop um, for next season's salary cap, provided, again, that there will be no more regular season play, games played. Um, we'll see. Of course, that's that's to be determined. But it seems like, a, for the sake of this conversation, it seems like a good, a good starting point, and that's the number I'm going to use. So if we subtract $8 million from the previous $115 million number, we get, obviously get to $107 million. Again, this salary, this season salary cap number was 109.14, meaning we'd be looking at the cap dropping by about 2%. Down to 107 rather than a 5.4% increase had it gone up to 115 million. Directly, four types of contracts um, that are going to be signed this summer are, are directly connected to the cap. Maximum salaries, mid-level exception, rookie scale contracts, and minimum, minimum contracts. As far as maximum salaries go, um, we don't have to worry about that as the Wolves, who don't have anywhere near that much cap space, um, nor do they have a player on an expiring contract that they might be looking to give the max to. But the players who are free agents this summer that would be expecting that max, um, their, their, their salary, their first-year salary would be lower. Let's say, for example, um, if Cat was – up for a, his next max contract next season, um, the maximum year one salary he could get would be 30% of the cap, which would be $32.1 million under this new $107 million number, um, where it would have been $34.5 million under a $115 million cap. Keep in mind that uh, that maybe doesn't sound that big, but that max salaries escalate year over year, so that would be you know, at, on a five-year contract, that would be the difference between a five-year $200 million contract and a five-year $186 million contract under this new number. Um, 
obviously that would be impactful for Carl in this hypothetical situation, but it would also be um, impactful for his team as that's there's 14 million more like out in salary, you know, a few million a year that kind of changes how you can build your team. So those, you think about Anthony Davis and in Los Angeles, there's not a lot of guys on the market this summer who get the max, but it all, it all kind of factors in and, and the max number will move if this, the, the max number will shrink if the salary cap shrinks. Um, the mid-level exception is one that is much more pertinent, you know, to the, to the Timberwolves and to every team. Um, almost every team, including the Wolves, will have that at their disposal this summer. Under the previous $150 million cap, the MLE would have been $9.76 million this summer. Under the smaller cap number, um, it would be 9.08. Again, that doesn't seem like a big difference, but with so many teams over the cap um, in the summer, just the way it's shaken out, this was this was always going to be the summer of the mid-level exception. And almost every team losing you know 700000 in spending power, you know that that's meaningful. And I think for the Timberwolves, that's impactful for for Juancho Hernan Gomez's market, as you know we expect that he'll fall somewhere in that range, below the nine million dollars uh, a year in annual salary sort of line. Um, rookie contracts is another one. Right now, um, the Wolves have the third worst record in the league, meaning if the season just stopped, they would have the third best lottery odds. So again, for the sake of this exercise. Let's pretend um, they get the third pick. Under a $150 million cap, the starting salary would be $8.27 million, um, whereas under this new cap, $107 million, uh, the starting salary would be $7.68 million. Um, being as rookie-scale deals also escalate even more than max contracts, the difference would be big, um, about a million per year um, in, in difference from you know the 115 number to the 107 number. For the Wolves, this was a, would actually be a positive externality of the dipping of the cap um, because they're going to have a top pick, you know, one way or the other. So, um, so that'll be meaningful, I guess, positive. Quickly, let's let's go over this. Just where the the odds are at the season, if they decide to just end the season, say these are your records, these are your lottery odds. Again, the Wolves would be in the third slot. the The lottery odds have smoothed, so it's actually the third slot isn't their most likely one. It's just you know, smooth, smooth sort of de-escalation. Their odds of the first overall pick would be 14%. Second would be 13.4. Third would be 12.7. Fourth would be 12%. Fifth would be 14.8. Sixth would be 26.0. And seventh would be 7%. So that's kind of what we're looking at um, for the Wolves. Wherever they, wherever they draft in any of those seven slots, again, the, um, their salaries would be would be less, and you know the higher the pick, the higher the the salary, so the bigger the the bigger the difference. Minimum contracts are also included in this. They're um, obviously more negligible for salary cap purposes, but for um, they would they would also be taking a two percent hit if the cap dropped by two percent. So for our uh, our little buddy Jordan McLaughlin, if he were to sign a minimum contract, this would mean that his contract would be for thirty k less. Um, again, nominally important, but, uh, Hey, that's 30 K for J Mac. So <laughs> it, uh, it means something as for how this, um, just overall will impact the wolves cap space. Um, I think it's just important to kind of 
go through where they're at and where the cap dipping by eight million would you know would have an impact. They have um, they have eight players who are definitely under contract for next season. Um, that's Carl Anthony Towns, twenty nine point five million. D'Angelo Russell, twenty eight point seven. James Johnson, sixteen million. Um, Jarrett Culver, sixteen point one million. Jake Lehman, three point eight million. Um, Josh Okogie, two point seven million. Jacob Evans, two million flat. Ari Spellman, just about two million flat as well. So that is again ninety point seven million to eight players. If we add in that third pick, again, if we say that that's where the Wolves are going to draft, that's another seven point seven million. The Wolves also have the Brooklyn pick that if we slot in at fifteenth, that's another three point five million. So the team would be up to one hundred one point nine for ten players. Um, you also will. Notice I didn't read off Nas Reed, Jared Vanderbilt, and Jalen Noel's name. Those guys are all under contract, but their contracts are non-guaranteed. I think we can assume that it's more likely than not that those guys' contracts are guaranteed. Um, for Nas Reed, that's $1.5 million. Jared Vanderbilt is $1.7 million, and Jalen Noel is $1.5 million. Throw all those guys in. We're up to $106.6 million for 13 players, which leaves them would leave the team 400k um, below the the salary cap, but Cole Aldrich's waived and stretch contract is still on the books for about 700k. So, see a cap space. I don't think the team though was. I don't think they were ever even with eight million more. They weren't going to be operating as a cap space team. Um, but if the cap drops, that all but you know precludes that. Because keep in mind the. I read off those 13 players, and that does not include Malik Beasley, Juancho Hernan Gomez, Jordan McLaughlin, Keelan Martin. Um, they they all still need to go out in the market and sign a new contract, and that will only stack up on top of the 107.3 million that the team is currently at. The next number to kind of look at here is the luxury tax line. That was again so 107.3 is where we're at right now before Beasley, Hernan Gomez, McLaughlin, and Martin. It was supposed to be, luxury tax was supposed to be 139, but again, we got to cut eight off of that, so we're at 131. I think it's pretty safe to um, draw that as a, a line in the sand for this team, um, meaning that they would only have 23.7 million left to spend on Beasley, Hernan Gomez, McLaughlin, and Martin, and they would have to, I don't know, maybe pick and choose between those guys to stay under the luxury tax line, to stay under the $23.7 million they have left to spend. Um, it was already it was already looking like a tight squeeze to get Beasley and Hernan Gomez in there. Um, obviously, $8 million less would make that even tighter. Let's hypothetically throw a minimum contract to McLaughlin for $1.4 million. So now we're down to $22.3 million left for Beasley and Hernan Gomez. Um, I'd like to think that you could get both of those guys for $22 million. Um, also, if you're doing math at home, if you sign McLaughlin, Beasley, and Hernan Gomez, you'd be up to 16 players, which is too many. So maybe they don't they don't guarantee Jalen Noel, and now you have another $1.6 million in wiggle room or $1.5 million in wiggle room. But it you know it it still is it's still a tighter squeeze than they were expecting, which is again you know. And every team's going to have to deal with this, but it's one of the, 
you know, the negative externalities of this is you were planning for one path, you were planning for one number, and and that number, you know, that number changes. And it, it kind of, you know, it moves the variables around and it's gonna move how this team, you know, can spend or or take in money um, in trades this summer. Um, you think about the you think about this last trade deadline and you know in, in most of the trades or in some of the trades the wolves were a team that was taking back more money than they were sending out now just because your contract has to match up between the outgoing salary needs to match the incoming salary by 125 percent but there's some wiggle room there like the wolves the wolves did that uh, in the, the trade with golden state um minnesota took in delo evans and spellman that was 31.1 million of incoming salary and they only sent out Andrew Wiggins a trade like that again if the Wolves are up against this luxury tax wall next summer you know maybe you can't you can't make a trade like that where you're taking in three and a half million more than you're sending out Um, so it it would hurt them in that sort of way I don't know if they did that in the Denver Houston Atlanta deal that was way too complicated but it's something it's something that Gerson Rosas has talked to us in the media about um, that that was an that was the reason um, that they they didn't feel they needed to use the mid-level exception this season because they wanted to save that wiggle room to make deals like this over the course of the season. So again, less space under the tax limits, you know, their options. And if we've learned anything about this, fr- this front office is they want to, they want to maximize every one of those little wiggle room angles that they have. But again, this is not just the wolves who are, who are dealing with this. It's, it's every team, the, you know, the goalposts move for everyone and it's going to greatly alter everyone's plans. Probably most, more than anyone else, teams with actual cap space that you know, were going into the summer thinking they could, they're one of the few teams who could spend. Uh, you take Portland, for example, they had, um, you know, or they have 14 million in cap space right now going into the summer, but you cut, you know, you cut 8 million off of that and now you're down to 6 million which is now you're in the, the mid-level pool with everyone else. Like $14 million if you're Portland, now you're thinking, okay, we can get a nice piece to put next to Lillard and McCollum and, and Nurkic, but six? Now you, I mean, you're, you're, your odds are as good as, as anyone else. And it's, you know, it's not just Portland. It's, it's, it's all of those teams. There's, I, I use earlybirdrights.com to, to do a lot of my salary stuff, and they uh, – they project that seven teams will have cap space this summer. Um, Atlanta with the most, 49 million. Portland, the least of the seven, with 14 million. In total, those seven teams were looking like they were going to make up 218 million of cap space. But if you take 8 million off of all seven of those teams, there goes 20%, 26% of the open market, and you're down to only $162 million left. Um, for these teams to spend and that's uh for for a player who is you know kind of going to be in that that over 10 million dollar range that's a free agent this summer like Malik Beasley that's a that's a big difference to cut out a quarter of the the market um it as those of you have been listening to this know I mean that I've been saying I think Beasley's great but there's only so much room for teams to be able to offer him anything well, if that room, you know, loses one limb, then it even, you know, depresses his, his, his market value more. Um, 
I, I don't know. Obviously, there's a whole bunch of moving factors in that as well. But we were already looking at a summer that was going to have an unprecedented, unprecedented low amount of salary cap space. And now, functionally, you're just going to be like looking at pennies. And that's that's the shift. That's where that's where we sit with this. Um, obviously, it will be con- constantly sort of evolving. Um, but if there are no more no more regular season games this season, which seems like a possibility, or even if we cut out half of them, you know, ev- every game missed is is revenue lost, and that is revenue that will be coming out of of the salary cap. So it's you know it's, it's something to monitor, and as you're thinking about as you think about this Timberwolves team, and you think about their summer, you think about the draft, like this stuff. It, it was already plenty complicated, but this is all going to make it even murkier, and um, it's it's worth it's worth monitoring as well. One, we don't have games to monitor, but this is uh, this is this is going to have cascading impacts on on the league's you know salary cap environment. So. If you want to, you know, reparse through all of this, obviously, I guess you can go back and listen um, to this podcast again. But I'm going to write it all up on zone coverage in more tables and and sort of such to sort of you know make it make a little bit more sense. So go back there if any of this was confusing to you. It'll functionally be this podcast in written form. Check my math for me if I missed anything. Um, I do wish that I do wish that we were talking about basketball, even if that was the basketball of a night. 19 and 45 team, but we don't have that right now. Um, this is what we got. Again, I'm going to need your help uh, to, to keep this interesting. Let me know what topics you'd like me and Charlie and Britt to dig into. Um, I also do a weekly Wednesday mailbag, its own coverage. Um, if you have, if you have questions, I can answer them there as well. And here we'll, we'll try and we'll try and get to as much as we can. Um, thank you for, for sticking with the podcast, listening to this and your time off. Do your best to um, enjoy some time home from work. I'll be back at you Monday afternoon with a guest if they will come meet me. Until then, How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stops, yeah. Green it hard so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah. Hope you're dancing like nobody else around, yeah.